Tony DeNicola. Tony, how's your weekend been going? Uh, not bad, man. Uh, I've been going to the gym, uh, watching a ton of March Madness, which, uh, big shout out to the March Madness app on your phone. You know, I can stream every game while I'm, you know, trying to burn the fat on the elliptical, so that's been awesome. But, uh, yeah, man, I've been having a blast with that. Favorite time of the year. How's yours been? My weekend's been good, uh, you know, doing stuff, but stuff around the house, having March Madness on sort of in the background, um, but uh, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been kind of nice now that the attic's done. Um, that storyline in the show is finally uh, closed for the most part. We have a couple touch-ups, like I said before, but nothing really major. So that being said, um, was really happy to be able to just kind of kick it last night and watch a couple games. So I watched the Xavier Florida State game. So I watched two oh, Florida State games. Is the Syracuse game we went to, and then last night, man, I, I'm confused how Florida State was. Uh, Really good in the ACC this year. I, I I don't get it, but um. How are they a three but, seed? Talk about overrated. Like, I mean, it was closer toward the end, but SU beat them down at home, and then Xavier yeah. just destroyed them. Like, not even close. I, I yeah, just, it wasn't even. Yeah, no it wasn't sense. close at all. Do you see Xavier had like the ninth best recruiting class uh, for 2017? Oof. going into next year. Yeah, yeah, them. yeah. I wonder if Xavier is going to be the next like uh, like Butler or Gonzaga or something. Yeah, they're trending up big time, man. They've looked really good. Yeah, sure have. So, what are your, what are some of your favorite games? You've watched more. Uh, you've watched more than I have. So, what uh, what, what is? I guess what's the big thing that you've seen? What's your what's your most surprising upset, etc. Uh, I don't think there's really truly been a surprising one. I mean, Middle Tennessee winning in the first round that was kind of expected. They've you know pulled it off the last few years. Uh, you know, we were talking before we went on the air, uh, Wisconsin over Villanova. I mean, yeah, on paper, that's the big upset. You know, that's the one that just destroyed everyone's brackets, including mine, because I put Nova in the title game. But um, it, we shouldn't be too surprised. If you look at prior history, uh, Villanova has lost to a double-digit seed while being a one or a two seed, I think, like three of the last four years. I mean, yeah, they won the title last year defending champs, so we kind of forget about that. But uh, Wisconsin as well, I mean, they've had great success against top seeds. They've beaten, you know, uh, three, I believe, number one seeds in the last four years. So, like, even though it was one versus eight, it really, it was, you know, we should expect it to be a lot closer, and it was. Like, you know, but it it was a great game. I mean, today's slay, I'm just really excited for. There's a lot of good games going on. Yeah, with the Villanova thing, it does seem like the previous year's champion in almost every sport, even the Patriots sort of fall victim to this. They almost kind of coast a little bit, and they're they're not quite as driven. It's weird because the Patriots haven't won back-to-back Super Bowls. I mean, obviously, they've been to seven. They've won five. But, like, they haven't been to back-to-back Super Bowls since the early 2000s. And it's weird because, you know, they seem to have skipped a year last year, obviously, with Super Bowl 50 and they, yep. them losing an AFC championship game. And then they had a chip on their soldier, shoulder, and then they sort of go out and just run the season with Brady gone for the first four games. So it seems like no matter what this happens, I mean, even the even LeBron, like LeBron, he's sort of like sort of split him. I don't think he's won back-to-back. Oh, he did. I lied. He yeah, won. Um, yeah, he won in Miami or whatever. But, I mean, that first one – OKC and and you know they they pretty much ran the table after game three or after game two excuse me and then 
I mean, uh, San Antonio game. I mean, they took it took a couple uh, miracles for them to win that one, that series. But um, well, but it's yeah, hard, it, man, there's so much more parity in sports now. It's so hard to build a dynasty. I mean, even in college now, you know, with the with the one and done rule, with uh, you know, fifth year grad transfers, like it just seems like you just can't build that long term success. And um, you know, I I heard a stat yes or yeah yesterday while watching the games. I wish I could remember it properly, but I believe it was something like. 13 out of the last 14 defending national champions have not made it to the Elite Eight in the next season. Like, that that's astonishing See, to me. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It seems to be like that in a lot of sports. It seems to be like, um, I mean, in the NFL and the NBA and even in college basketball. I mean, college, I mean, they, Wisconsin just, just wanted it more last night. And, and yeah. you know, that's... That's sort of what happened. I mean, I think just, you know, the hunger for Villanova wasn't there because they had just won last year. And and like I said, you see it in every single sport. It's just kind of interesting how it played itself out. A lot of people I read had Wisconsin winning. And uh, Wisconsin, Rhode Island, and um, uh, Middle Tennessee State were some of the quote-unquote up upsets that people had going to the Sweet 16. But Upset I mean, seed-wise, if you look deeper at the teams, I don't think so right. much. Right. Yeah, yeah, That I mean, that seems to be the consensus. So, I guess, what team do you like going forward um, now that uh, now that the defending national champ is out? I mean, what team do you like? Uh, I mean, I've got to go with, with my pick to win the whole thing, UCLA. I mean, with Lorenzo Ball, the, the guy can shoot the three, can pass the ball, pretty sure he leads the NCAA in assists per game. Like, they're just a great team out west. I mean, not a ton of people know about them either because they are out west and the whole, you know, east coast bias, but... I love UCLA's play so far, and I mean, later tonight they're playing, uh, I gotta look it up quick, I think they're playing a sixth seed, oh, they're playing Cincinnati, I think they'll roll over Cincinnati, but um, yeah, today's gonna be exciting, man, I mean, you got a ton of blue blood college programs going, I mean, at noon, you got Michigan versus Louisville, Michigan's been on a tear, like, I think Michigan's my new dark horse, they won the Big Ten tournament, beating Wisconsin, they've looked great, you know, so far in this tournament. And I, 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 you know, I think they can pull off the upset against Louisville today. You know, seven versus two. Michigan's just on fire. Yeah, I mean, it, they've seemed to be on this magical run after their planes get it off the off the runway there. But, um, but yeah, back to your boy uh, Lonzo Ball. Um, I mean, I would like UCLA, UCLA's chances a lot more if their dad was actually playing too, since he can beat Jordan <laughs> and Barkley one on one. That's I mean, could you imagine having that guy? I wonder if he still has some eligibility credits, given that he only played one year of college basketball and averaged two points a game. I mean, I mean, if I'm just looking at it, I think he could. Uh, I dude, think he has like three years of eligibility left. Dude, forget Jerry West. He needs to be the new logo. I mean, that guy is just a, a man among legends. He is the Donald Trump of the NBA. I'm the greatest ever. Jordan, Barkley, <laughs> they're all bums. I should have been the dream team. You should have just cloned me. There should have been 12 of me on the dream team. We would have beaten the Russians. We would have beat the Soviets. We would have beat everybody. Do you think that makes Lonzo now the uh, Ivanka Trump of uh, college basketball? <laughs> it's weird to think about him like that because, uh, you know, I kind of got the hots for Ivanka, but <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, I, dude, <laughs> that guy is out of his skull, by the way. I, I would bet money that Jordan not only could beat LeVar Ball, I think Jordan today could beat Lonzo Ball. Like, I really feel that. I I, I strongly believe that. I like that Barkley, by the way, 
uh, admits basically that he's fat, but he still could beat him. And I actually agree with Barkley. I think Barkley would smoke him. And now this doesn't mean that I don't like LeVar Ball. I actually think he's a really good father. Yeah. Because his his kids, yeah, he's very entertaining. He's a branding guy. I mean... Even though his uh, his you look at his clothes by the way that big baller brand for one that's a corny name but his clothes are ridiculous he's selling like hats and t shirts for like fifty to sixty bucks for a hat you know what that's though the, I'm sure people buy them they're idiots out oh there they have them. to they have to but boy he is really coasting on his sons but but you know what though like I said man his kids don't seem to dislike him they seem to really respect him they seem to really um. They seem to really just enjoy being around him, and and I guess his his tr- he's a personal trainer by trade, so anybody that's ever worked out with him has nothing but really good things to say about him. I think this is partially a persona. He's sort of like maybe I would imagine you know, and this is just my guess. If he's on TV, you see him on TV. He's a hundred percent that guy. I would yeah. say probably in his real life, he's probably sixty to seventy percent that guy. He's probably a lot more reserved. Oh yeah, um, in person, but he's but doing man, the whole he... pro wrestling thing where you take your personality that's at a six and you crank it up to a twelve. But it's crazy yeah. to me. Like Lonzo Ball is so good. He's probably gonna be the number one pick. He doesn't need the, like this kind of hype guy. Like you need like well, a a mid you know ten or teens pick that needs a hype guy like this. Like other draft prospects to just be hiring out you know his you know his dad's help you know it's funny a lot of people i don't know if they'll remember this because i mean it clearly we didn't have the social media back then and whatnot but back when trevor ariza was in high school trevor ariza's uncle used to go on um these shows and say how much better trevor ariza was than lebron oh my god yeah people don't remember that one that's that was a funny one. how many teams um, did trevor ariza played for again i know he played for my knicks i don't even know where he's at at this point I have no idea where he's at. He's played for a handful, and really, Trevor Ariza turns into a great player right before he, he's due for a contract. He's yep. done it twice now. He's the Sean Alexander of basketball, yeah. but um, but yeah, that. he, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I like Levar Ball. I think he's a really good dad. I think what he's doing is smart as far as the branding stuff. Although he needs to lower his prices because you know seventy five dollars for a t shirt, fifty dollars for a hat is absurd. Yeah, uh, Trevor Ariza's on the Houston Rockets. Oh, he's still on the Rockets. Yeah, okay, I didn't color me shocked. He's making seven point eight million this year. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's impressive. Um, <laughs> good. He, um, you know, the Rockets are actually a really good team. They would yeah. it would not surprise me if they came out of the West this year. But um, but yeah. So anything else on March Madness before uh, before we move on? I know you have a bunch of points, and I haven't been able to watch nearly as much as you today. That'll change because it's just me and Avery and. I'm yeah. I'm Elmo'd out, so we're watching. Uh, every... <laughs> Elmo, Elmo, Lonzo, no. El- uh, Elmo, can we get you for an interview? Uh, one of the next couple of shows. <laughs> you can't afford my Sesame Street money, bitch. Elmo just big timed us. Uh, that sucks. Well, Mark <laughs> Wahlberg was on the show, so that's fine. Um, so I-, I guess we're still doing okay. But go ahead. Yeah. What, what do you got left on March Madness before uh, we uh, before we put a bow on this and move on? Yeah, I'm just gonna go over the slate of games real quick. I mean, uh, first off, you kick off at uh, um, noon, like I said, with Michigan and um, and Louisville. You know, Michigan's on a big run. Louisville's a great defensive team with that press. I think that'll be a great matchup. Wichita State, Kentucky. Um, for those who don't remember, Wichita State in 2014 was a number one seed. Kentucky was the eight, and Kentucky knocked them off on their way to the championship game. Now the roles are reversed. Wichita State's the underdog. Kentucky's the big seed. You know, maybe we can see a bit of a revenge factor in that game. Uh, you also got Michigan State versus Kansas. Two blue blood programs going at it. That'll be entertaining as hell. 
Um, my, one of my favorites today, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for this upset. South Carolina is playing Duke in Greenville, South Carolina, which I think is like maybe an hour, hour and a half from their campus. You know, you either love or you hate Duke. So I think those South Carolina fans are just going to be firmly in the Gamecocks' pocket, and they're just going to terrorize Duke left and right, which will be entertaining as hell. So for you know, for a viewer standpoint, that'll be really fun to watch. Uh, Cincinnati versus UCLA. You know, we talked about ball quite a bit. You know, that'll be a great game to watch. Even Rhode Island versus Oregon. You know, Rhode Island looked really good the other day. Can they pull off the upset? And I uh, finish off with uh, Arkansas versus North Carolina, which, you know, let's be honest, Arkansas doesn't do much basketball-wise, so North Carolina will probably steamroll them. And, uh, you know, USC versus Baylor. USC has been hot of late. Baylor is pretty suspect as a top seed. They usually bow out early, so could see a possible upset there as well. But, I mean, it's March Madness. Just turn on a game, and, you know, it, usually it's the least likely of the games that becomes the most entertaining, so you really can't lose. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Good. I actually am really looking forward to that Michigan State Kansas game. Bill Self versus Tom Izzo. Yes, uh, I love it. That's that's a uh, that's a great two that's really great good coaches matchup. going at it. Yeah, look forward to watching that. So um, that's probably definitely that's that is definitely the one I'm going to be watching today. So okay, um, last night ABC had uh, the Clippers um, Cavaliers game uh, playing in Los Angeles. Uh, the Cavs have a back-to-back. Oh, you know, they essentially play in the same arena twice. So the, it was on ABC, Saturday night, primetime game. And um, the Cavaliers decided not only to rest Kevin Love, not only to rest Kyrie Irving, but also rest LeBron. And it ended up being a 30-point blowout. Um, this trend of resting players, specifically resting them on primetime games, is kind of troubling. I'm kind of curious what the NBA coaches or players are trying to say to the to the league by doing this because this isn't an isolated incident. I mean, last week the um, the Golden State Warriors rested everybody against San Antonio, and uh, just you know, ironically, Kawhi Leonard was in co- concussion protocol, so he wasn't going to play anyway. But I found that a little bit disturbing. Is like, why does this keep happening? So my theory is is that the is that the players are basically griping about some sort of travel or or something. Like, they're saying something to Adam Silver that I can't quite put my finger on, but to me it seems some kind of, like, home-and-home, home, you know, travel, whatever, some kind of complaint about the about how I guess the games are scheduled but that's just my theory I don't really have anything to back it up but it, it just the whole thing just doesn't make any sense I mean how say you on this topic yeah I mean from the fans perspective it's it's very frustrating especially like you said a Saturday primetime game like when the schedule comes out and you see that game you think okay Clippers Cavs this is a big game it's on a Saturday night you know, if I'm a huge Cavaliers fan or even if I'm a Clippers fan from out of state, this is the game I want to go to. This is the game where I, I buy my, my airline ticket. I get my hotel. I buy tickets to the game. You know, if you're a family, you easily drop, you know, maybe two, three grand on this game. And then you go to the game and a couple hours before you find out that none of the stars are going to play. Like, you know, as a family, you look at that and it's an investment and you're like, why would I ever invest money to go to an NBA game like this ever again? Like you basically just scorch the earth as far as like them being, you know, a future participant and, you know, going to any games. Like it, it's very frustrating, man. I, they need to fix the schedule. I think that's the biggest problem. They can't keep having these back-to-back games, these three games and four nights. 
especially if you're on a primetime Saturday game and then you're expected to play in the early afternoon the next day. Like, I, I get why teams are doing this. Like, you're resting their stars. Like, I see why each side is doing what they do, but in the end, the fans lose in this case. You know, the, the television partners like ABC, ESPN, they lose. This, I don't know how you correct it. I think you need to fix the schedule, but you have to address it. Like, this could be a trend that just, you know, I can't say kills the game, but severely hampers it come the future. Right, and um, and uh, you know, ESPN had that thing where they actually pointed it out. Like they had, uh, you know, there's a family from Mexico that their their son's a real big Warriors fan, so oh, they yes. drove up to San Antonio to watch them, and then they didn't play, and then so they brought the kid back. But that's but. I don't know. I I'm, I, would I believe love they gave that know. family tickets to a future game too, or something. I think the team um the team gave them something. Right, but that's just because ESPN highlighted it. Yeah. ESPN didn't How many highlight families it. I don't didn't think they would have known. Right, exactly, and that's what's frustrating. So um I don't know, man. It, it's just it's really kind of frustrating because it's like, all right, you know what? Just just as for me, casual viewer at home, like I was really looking forward to watching that game. I knew I was in for the night my daughter was asleep like i'm like sweet i got this big tv now i I was gonna go down there i was gonna kick it i was gonna watch it on the new spiffy television and uh you know sort of got gypped and i am on the very very low end of the people that should you know that they should care about but at the same time i am a viewer i would be watching their sponsors yeah and now i'm not well think about it too in your case you're a busy guy you have a wife going through grad school you have a little one that you have to watch all the time you work full-time like that's that. Let's just say that's your one game of the week you get to watch, and then that happens. Like, why do you right. put more faith in the NBA? Why do you get hyped for games? Like, they might have another big game next Saturday. You'll just be kind of like you're kind of soured on it. You're like, eh, you know what? I don't care to watch it now. Right? No, no, no. no. You're 100 percent accurate. So, uh, yeah, it, like I said, it's a little frustrating for sure. But, um, you know, I, I like I said, I just feel bad for the fans that go there. They pay all this money. You know, they wait in lines. They buy the concessions, which are outrageous. I can't even imagine what they are in Los Angeles, the tickets and the concessions. But, oh, yeah. I don't know. It, I mean, it just sucks. Even hotels, if you stay anywhere near L.A. Like, yeah. You're, oh, you know, God, yeah. I said two to three grand for, I didn't think about it, for L.A. You're probably easily spending six to seven. Right, especially if you have decent seats for a game of that magnitude, for sure. And uh, I'm sure they didn't lower yeah. the ticket prices because the best player on the Cavs is going to be Richard Jefferson or J.R. Smith. I'm sure they were they were kept oh, what God. they are when people thought they were going to watch LeBron and Kyrie. You know, it just sucks. That's a great or point, sit- too. I should have, um, yeah. last night when you told me that they were all sitting, I should have gone on SeatGeek and kind of tracked like, how far the tickets dropped once that announcement was made. Because you figure like a decent seat was probably a couple hundred bucks. It probably plummeted to like fifty or sixty, right? And um, so speaking of LeBron, by the way, and um, the NBA MVP. All right, is it just me? And I know you're not a big LeBron guy, and I understand why. I mean, I get it. I, I, I from a pure basketball standpoint, I love the guy, but I understand a lot of people's arguments and why they don't like him. Why he's the most you know yeah. dislike megastar. Uh, and in don't the get confused. I cannot like him, but I can respect the hell out of him. Like he's he's the greatest right. player in the world, like hands down right, right now. But I doesn't mean I have to like him. Like I can separate the two. Most fans can, unfortunately. Right. So he's he's somehow fourth in the running for MVP right now. LeBron, take LeBron <laughs> off of the Cavs when when they were just with Kyrie and you know a lot of this you know, not not all the same pieces, but some similar pieces. They were winning nineteen games and they were getting the first pick in the draft. 
Yep. Add LeBron, they're going to the finals for a third straight year. They're 0-6 this year without him, by the way. Exactly. Exactly. So, Russell Westbrook's team is probably the 11th best team in the league. They're going to be a 6th seed in the West, probably. 6th or 7th seed. Maybe a 5th if they make a little run. Um, now, the two interesting ones are James Harden and Kawhi Leonard. They're the other two in the running. I think Westbrook, to me, is a distant fourth. The triple-double a game is cute, but, like, they're the 11th best team in the league. They're a middle-class team. Yeah. Um, it's the all other or nothing two, with him. Right. Kawhi and Harden. <clears throat> excuse me. Harden with Mike D'Antoni. I mean, that's a match made in heaven. I didn't even think about how – I knew it was going to be good for Harden. I didn't think it would be this good. I mean, the Rockets, as of right now, I want to say, are sitting at a two or three seed. You can look that up since I'm internet list, yep. internet list up here. But, um, the uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But Harden is upped his assists. He's a great passer. I mean, he's break, He's going to break his own uh, record for turnovers mm-hmm. this year. But in a Mike D'Antoni offense, all of his point guards are like that. They all turn the ball over a ton. And uh, Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi is just, it's not since Scottie Pippen or maybe LeBron when he wanted to, when he would turn it on in the playoffs, have we seen a wing defender quite like what Kawhi is. I mean, Kawhi is just an absolute – the term shutdown corner, I, Kawhi would be better than Deion Sanders in his heyday. It's just what Kawhi does is just impressive in the post on the wing. You know, um, you know he blocks shots, he gets steals. I mean, just on defense alone, that guy is an absolute master. And then on offense, he can take a game over at, at, at any point with his length. With his size, I mean, he's essentially the closest thing we have to LeBron, but not quite there. Maybe even, I'll say even not quite there yet. And who knows if that's just the San Antonio way, how they have him playing. But, uh, but yeah, I, I get Kawhi being a legitimate MVP candidate, as does as I do with Harden. But come on, I take, take Kawhi off the Spurs. They're still really good. James yep. Harden off the Rockets, they're not as good, but they might make the playoffs. Take LeBron off the Cavs in the East, and they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Um, yeah, the Rockets are the three seed right now, and they're basically locked into that three. They're five games behind the Spurs, and they're five games ahead of the Jazz. So, you know, I just don't see them moving at all. And right now, uh, they've already clinched their playoff spot, by the way. They're poised to uh, get a first-round matchup with the Thunder. Rockets-Thunder, that is the most intriguing first-round matchup to me. That will be a hell of a lot of fun to watch. I think it's a sweep. I really think it's a sweep. Really? I, I think I think the Rockets sweep them. Yeah, I I just don't. Oh, Westbrook's got to get a couple. You know he's just going to power them to it. I love Westbrook as a player. He's so much fun to watch, but um, my God, he just – He's too ball centric. Like he's he's the worst version of Iverson. <laughs> like he's the best version of <laughs> Stefan Marbury. He's the worst version of Iverson. I just don't like it. Like I don't like the narrative that he's carrying this team. Victor Oladipo was a second overall pick. Uh, they remember, remember last year that lost um, their games though, Steve, man. He doesn't get a triple double. They struggle. Right, and that's that's crazy. Like that's crazy to me. Remember last year, Stephen Adams was one of the two or three best centers in the league. What is he now? Apparently now all of a sudden he's not good. Like he's not playing with a bunch of D leaguers. He's playing with a really good team, and that team was probably the favorite to get out of the uh, out of the West this year to go to the finals if Durant didn't leave. You know, take Durant off the team, and all of a sudden they're yeah. a six seed. Like come on, like I I don't know, man. I I don't like I don't like how Westbrook plays as far as you know getting his team to win. He's a lot of fun to watch, and I he's definitely other than LeBron probably the player I'd want to go see the most, but. You know, there's no guarantee LeBron's going to play. That is the one thing I'll say about Westbrook, man. That guy does not miss games, period. Um, 
Oh, so here's an interesting I'm, one too. I've uh, you know with March Madness, I haven't been keeping track of NBA too much this week, but uh, the Celtics don't look now have won three in a row. They're a game mm-hmm. and a half behind Cleveland. Very interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't think Cleveland cares. I honestly just Probably don't not. think they care. Um, I, I, but times, yeah, I don't think there's that big of a difference. Like, I think both teams are good enough where they can win on the the opposing team's floor. I don't think there's that big of a difference between one and two. Honestly, I don't think so either. And I think the Cavs are still going to roll through the East. I think pretty easily. Well, actually, um, let me retract that statement because uh, I'm looking now. Cleveland's 17 and 16 on the road, 28 and seven at home. So maybe there is a bit of a difference. I mean, yeah, during the playoffs you can turn it up, but um, I didn't know they're that bad on the road. They're almost a five hundred team, while Boston the, is twenty one and sixteen on the road. I think that the Cavs sort of last year proved why going all out in the regular season is is sort of pointless because the Warriors did that. Yeah. Steph got hurt. I was gonna say the, the Warriors playoffs. proved that, not Cleveland. <laughs> Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I think that they their their point was proven. I should say last year um, because they, I mean, the Warriors were sort of gassed towards the end. They lost Steph early in the playoffs, which actually didn't really affect them. But uh, until the finals, but even still, man, I I don't know. I don't think I have the Warriors coming out of the West. I really don't, unless they get Durant back and he's somehow 100, percent which I just don't see happening. I like Houston a lot, and I like San Antonio a lot. I think I think Houston's probably my favorite. I love um, San Antonio. Not the favorite. It kills I do too. Me how they don't get enough play. Like they're always so consistently good. I think my problem with San Antonio is the fact that they don't. I don't think that they have that. I think. They're they're they play in their highest gear. Like I don't think they can get any better than what they are now. Where I don't think Houston's quite but unleashed. And I, and I'll say the same thing about Gold State. I think with Durant, I don't think they've truly but unleashed. Like if no. Durant's a hundred percent somehow by the and they make it to the finals, I, I I don't I don't see how Cleveland beats them. I mean, I guess, I guess I do in the sense that they don't really have a lot of uh, per, or interior defense, the Warriors. But I, I still. I think that's just too much firepower for Cleveland to handle. And I think if if healthy Durant, I think that the, the Golden State wins the finals. I think unhealthy Durant or no Durant, I don't think they make it to the finals. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I mean, it's, you know, he's still not scheduled to come back for, I think, another week or two. And then even if he does, you know, how healthy is he? You know, he's got to knock the rust off. Like, you know, luckily, I think Golden State, you know, they'll get Denver, a losing team in the first round, so they can just coast and maybe give him more right. time to rest. Right, yeah, I don't think I would play him until probably the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, no. Or maybe have him play, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes here or there. Like like they did with Steph. I thought they did a really good job bringing Steph back slowly in the in the playoffs last year, actually. I think Steve Kerr did a great job. And then, I don't mean to sound like I'm bashing Golden State. You know, I, I, a little bit of Golden State fatigue on my part, but that's that's because I've never been really that high on Steph Curry. Like, I've always been a bigger fan of Klay Thompson because Klay Thompson plays both sides of the floor. And I think you could actually take Steph Curry out of a series. I think of the the year that they won the finals. I think of that if if the Clippers won that Rocket series, which is still to this day the craziest series ever. Just how yeah. that swung in that Game Six. Somehow Josh Smith turned into Steph Curry and just started knocking down. That was a crazy series. But I think if if they played the Clippers in the Western Conference Championship, I think that the, I think the Clippers win it. I think yeah. that I, I don't know what Steph can't really do a ton against Chris Paul. Just physicality, especially in playoff style of basketball. But, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I think it's definitely going to be Cleveland. I love what Boston's doing, but they really could have benefited from a Jimmy Butler or a Paul George trade. They really could have. 
Yeah. You know, it's funny. I look at the standings and, um, you know, we joke all the time. A lot of people do about how the NBA doesn't have defense anymore. And the numbers just prove it. There's only one team in the NBA who doesn't average over 100 points a game. I'll see if you can guess it real quick. I would have never, never really thought of this. But one the team, Lakers? No, it's actually the Mavericks. The only team, 98 oh. points per game. The only team that doesn't average 100 points per game. Yeah, and I didn't think about almost the all of them give up 100 points per game as well, except for the Spurs and the Jazz. The Jazz are have a really nice squad, actually. I like the Jazz. It sucks that they're not legitimate contenders, but they're yeah. just right outside that. I honestly I don't haven't Port- seen any of their games. I've never seen them on TV, or if they are, they're probably on super late being out west. Yeah, they are. Rudy Gobert is such a good interior defender. I think he's really good. And, but my thing is, Gordon Hayward can't be your best offensive player and you could go to the finals like that. Yeah, I just no. don't think so. I think he's a, no, a, a really good number two. I just don't think he's a number one. And I, I'm, a, I'm a big Gordon Hayward fan. Um, I like his game a lot. I think he's come a long way, especially defensively. But um, but yeah, I'm not a huge... Uh, I'm not a huge... I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm not a huge fan. I'm, I'm not... I'm not sold on them quite yet as being a legitimate finals contender, but they are a really interesting team, and I actually love the way they've been built. I, I think what they're doing there is 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 really good. Now, hopefully, they don't lose Gordon Hayward this offseason because he does become a free agent. But oh, a lot God. of rumors, uh, they have, a lot of places have him going to Boston. A lot of uh, a lot of the rumor mill has him going to Boston. Yeah, go so. pick up for yeah. the Celts. Um, I'll tell you yeah. my dark horse right now. Sixty nine games in, thirteen games left. Uh, my New York Knicks, seven games out of the eight seed with 13 to play. They can make a good little run at it and challenge the Cavaliers. I love when people say that. They can make a good little run at it or whatever. <laughs> but they haven't done shit all year. So, yeah, yeah, now they're going to start turning it out. Well, it's like even if they make a run and they make the playoffs, congratulations. You get LeBron and the Cavaliers. That That's your yeah. prize. Or, or even the oh, Celtics. Like, good luck I wish that. Carmelo would just wave his no-trade clause, go to the Clippers already. Good God, man! That bo- <laughs> the ball needs to stop going through Lo- or through Mello, and it needs to start going through Porzingis. For uh, the love of dude. hell, Jeff Hornacek and Phil Jackson. Porzingis or uh, uh, the other big white guy they got, um, Hernan. I can never pronounce his last name. It's like, you know, I'm talking about Hernandez. Uh, I should, oh God, yeah, I should yeah, look yeah. Look him up, please, because I don't know how to say it, dude. But yeah, man, it. Ugh, they're so they they frustrate the hell out of me. So um, yep. Yes, they do. Anyway, it's a longer NBA conversation than I think we initially anticipated. So, um, all right, man. Well, let's let's sort of transition to the NFL a little bit. Oh, wait, real Not quick. Much since... I got it. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Willie Hernan Gomez. That's an awesome name. Oh, God. It's pretty That's sweet, your boy, Willie. Like Willie. Willie Hernan Gomez. Uh, yeah, I like that. Um, all right, let's let's transition to the NFL a little bit. Not much yes. has happened in free agency since uh, we did our free agency pod there. Um, yeah, the NFL had a bit of a premature ejaculation with that in day one. They just got their entire nut off and then just kind of just whimpered in the corner. And, you know, they were like, oh, this usually never happens to me. I'm sorry, baby. You know, next time it'll be better. Or the story of my happy. life. Yeah, I was going to say, hell of an acting performance by you there. Uh, yeah. I'm not familiar with that phrase. So, um, anyway. Yeah, you have uh, a kid so, to prove it. Dude, come on, man. This is a... It's a family show. Yeah, I mean, we have to put the little E on there now. Hey, Jeez. at least it's so, good. You have proof you're not a virgin, unlike me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, let's talk about um, Jason Pierre-Paul. JPP, uh, yeah, JPP. JPP, JPP signed paid. a ten-year, 
or excuse, 10 year jesus bill uh four year 64 million dollar contract where 40 million of it's guaranteed that actually uh you know I, I wasn't really in on him getting a huge massive upgrade at and pay um yeah. because he does not play 16 games a year. Aside from the firework incident, I mean, he's had a sports hernia. He's had a... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just... Thank God he gets paid with a check and not cash. Can you imagine him going to the teller and counting out those bills with, like, seven and a half fingers? And what a struggle yeah, that would be. It's terrible, man. But you know what? It didn't seem to affect him last year. He was actually very effective oh, when yeah. he played last year, but he played through 12 games. And I love that the thing, one of my favorite things ever is like, oh, Jason Pierre-Paul be back for the NFC Championship game. It's like, yeah, you'd be the one they're not going to make it to. It's like, yeah, okay. Um, so, but I do like that they're they're keeping at least the edges on uh, of the defense um, into intact. Now, I think I think what the I hope this is what the Giants are doing, but I think they're going to bring back Jonathan Hankins maybe on a one year prove it deal. And I think if they bring the bring the O line or the D line back, I actually really like the Giants defense. Um, uh, going into this year because it was so good last year especially in the last eight games with Brandon Marshall on offense I actually think the Giants can do a lot now that's why I'm happy with the JPP contract because I freed up some cap space because he was going to take up a massive chunk of it if they didn't and I like that it's essentially 10 million dollars a year guaranteed which isn't you know exactly breaking the bank because I think first reports were as 54 guaranteed and yeah. I almost I, that I was astronomical when we fan. saw that that blew my mind yeah, because if if he could stay healthy for sixteen games and was you know rel- relatively consistent with that, I think he would have been worth that. But I just think with the injury history, it's just not. So that being said, what are some of the other signings that you liked um, since the last time we did a free agency pod? Like Sean Spence, I think he uh, I think he just signed with the, uh, the Colts this morning. Um, Could be. Uh, and oh yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because uh, Adam Schefter tweeted it out. Yep, one year deal with Sean Spence. Colts have addressed that linebacking core too, which is a good move by them. They have a yeah, you know, they have a clear weakness, and they're actually addressing it, which I like. Right. I can't remember if we talked about um, Latavius Murray getting signed by the Vikings. Oh last, no, we uh, didn't. Yeah, last pod. So that's your boy there. You guys went to the same high school, so that's good news for you. Yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, Minnesota can fix that line though, or it's going to be a rough year for Tay. But. uh you know, great move by Minnesota. Yeah, let's talk about Oakland, too. You know, trying to get um, uh, Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch, out of retirement. Like, that just... Love, such a weird move I that came out name. of nowhere. Eddie Lacy, they they they, they went oh, from God. Uh, Beast Mode to Feast Mode. That was hilarious. <laughs> um, he gets, like, a $50,000 bonus for every, like, five pounds he loses or something. I know online they detailed out the contract, like, how the weight requirements he has to meet each month. I've never seen a contract like that. It's mind-boggling to me. He's a running back. He should never be out of shape. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, because... I thought he was like working out with Sean T and doing uh, P90X or whatever all last offseason. This shit didn't work at all. Oh, so much for the P90X revival too. They were going to try to uh, usurp uh, CrossFit as the you know as the go-to yeah. regiment workout regiment again. Yeah, that's that's funny. But um... it's just funny to me too because um... when's the last time Marshawn Lynch has been good? Yeah, well, yeah. I think you said the other day. What was it? 2014. His last good year. Yeah. I mean, running backs don't get better with age. Yeah, he doesn't have as much tread worn off the tires. But I mean, 
he does. Know. How hard he runs and how, yeah, how much contact that guy took and initiated. I was comparing yeah, him more to like does. Peterson, how you know he hasn't been running lately. You know, he's been resting, but still. But everybody said that about Peterson when he went away for beating the shit out of his kid. Like, I, yeah, they were like, oh, he had the year off. I'm like, well, for one, no. He beat the hell out of his kid and probably should be out of the league and or in jail. Um, this is a Mike and Mike, folks. Let the let the Bill, Bill Kegel tell you exactly how it is. Yeah, he beat the shit out of his kid. He did, dude. I know, it's true. It's so bad, he had a laceration on his nutsack. Like, you just don't normally hurt it told so bluntly like that. I mean, I, I love it. Oh, personally. you know what? Fuck that guy, dude. I don't have anything good to say about Peterson. I'll be honest with you. Since you already had the whatever, you already swore earlier, I'm, I'm just going to let it rip, man. I can't fucking stand that guy. If he doesn't get signed, I'm pumped. He's a terrible person. You see he was using funds from the all-day foundation or whatever to, to initiate or to, uh, yeah, to to purchase orgy time for his brother or some shit read that and then also there's a church he was claimed th- that they were supposed to receive funds from the all day per our all day foundation which was um not taxed by the way because you know if you build a foundation as a uh, or you you excuse me establish a found I'm, I'm too much building going on in my life if you establish a a um a charity organization you actually write that off that's a tax re- and you know what that's good whatever so Instead of it going to whatever the hell church in Texas said he said it was going to, they're like, we didn't receive a nickel of that. How has that dude not been audited? You know, and you hear a lot of stories about that guy, man. Go Google him. Read some stories about Adrian Peterson. Not the best guy ever, man. Yeah. And not the aside from aside from what he did to his freaking son. I have a kid, man. I accidentally hit her in the face with a football today. It sounds way worse <laughs> than it is. We're not recreating oh, the. Uh, hey. Oh man, no. She likes playing catch with a football. So basically, all you do is you just you know you don't throw whip spirals at her. Um, like Peyton Man, that Peyton Manning skit. Oh, Saturday that's it. Oh yeah. You're just yeah, that was hilarious. Head. It wasn't like that. No. Basically, I just underhand toss it to her, and she'll catch it in her arms, like it's you know, like she's holding bread or something. But uh, you know, you know, she, old Bill might have uh, might have gotten a little overzealous, and you know, might have hit her in the uh, hit her in the lip a little bit. But she's tough, and she wiped it off. She just said tough, tough, and she she moved on. She was she was a little pissed at me though, and definitely refused to play catch with me after yeah. that. But you know, I just still, picture I felt, she felt grows terrible. up, and it's like that one commercial of Von Miller where he's playing video games with that kid, and you're like, oh, Bill Kegel with the strip sack, and just knock the controller yeah. out of her hand. Yeah, yeah. You gotta tuck it that turns- ball in. We we start reenacting the, that that uh, scene in the program where Omar Epps has the ball in uh, in his college class and the, his teammates try to slap it out of his hand oh, and they're yeah. all just the papers are going flying everywhere and they're all falling down the stairs. Yeah, that's what Avery and I just did. So I felt bad though. I really felt terrible. But the, just to beat the that hell out of your character kid like that, for her though, she, she'll be all right. Yeah, that's what I said, man. That's what I said. Mama tried to give her a hug and I wouldn't let her. Um, <laughs> so that's actually a hundred percent true. I was like, I was like, no, 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 Avery. Catch the ball now. She was she was a little upset. And I was trying to get her to catch the ball. Listen, Super she needs dead. a little. Uh, well, yeah, she needs a little grit. You know, her life's too good. I think so. Um, life's too I'm easy, also kid. not going to take a. I'm not going to take a switch to her ass either. Like I yeah. don't. We don't. We don't spank her. We don't hit her when she's bad. Yeah, but it's not going to uh, be like but, my stepfather yeah. terrorizing me as a child. It's not going to get that. Dark. Oh God, we're not even going to get into that. But yes, we're not going to be like any of our childhoods. Yeah. No. <laughs> Every needless to say, is going to have it pretty, pretty, pretty easy comparatively. Um. Yeah, man, but uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, but this is why I think he's still a better option to Marshawn Lynch because he's played football in the last uh, year or whatever. But he's also injury prone, anyways. But I, I yeah. just don't get it. 
I can't picture Marshawn Lynch still working out, you know? I I think he's a little bit smarter than we all give him credit for, but I don't know how well he's keeping his body in shape or if he's even thinking about playing in the NFL again, you know? And But there's better options out there. Just keep Latavius Murray, for Christ's sake. Like, I, yeah, I, God, I agree with that. <laughs> it's the better option. Yeah, he's younger. Like, why? Yeah, he's a good running back. Why wouldn't you want to keep him? I Oh, my God, man. It's mind-boggling to me. Especially... I don't get it. Plus, the draft's coming up. This draft is so highly stocked with running backs. Like... You know, um, it, it is funny though because I, it, Marshawn Lynch just fits like the Raiders. He seems like such a perfect fit. You know who and also seems there. like a perfect fit is going to slide in the draft. I can't think of his right name right now, but that uh, Oklahoma running back who beat the crap Joe out Mixon. of that chick. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. seems like a perfect fit for the Raiders too. I mean, that guy is just yeah, that's a pariah. That's a PR nightmare. But if there's ever a team that could handle it, or maybe not handle it but accept it, it would definitely be the Raiders. Well, I think having a guy like Derek Carr as the face of your franchise or a guy like Khalil Mack as well, both, like, really good, really smart guys, I think that that'll help. Yeah. But um, I, I think I, I, uh, Tyreek Hill, I think what Tyreek Hill did was worse. I mean, not to compare, you know, they're both actually, they're both really yeah. terrible things. But I think comparing them is actually sort of uh, an exercise in, in you know, justifying a female or domestic abuse or whatever um that being said joe mixon isn't exactly doing what ray rice did and 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 at least publicly i don't know what he's doing behind the scenes but i mean they're asking about it and he doesn't want to talk about it i guess or he's already talked to you have to address it with the media too man like he's more protected too the fact that he's still in college like you know these schools can just be like oh yeah we're not gonna allow him to do interviews like he's more i think he's more insulated than you know in the case of ray rice where he's a professional and you have more access to him but if ray rice still could still play he'd be in the league i think that's what it all comes down to tyreek hill how much are you worth to a team exactly Tyreek Hill was incredible this year. It's exactly why the Cowboys took a waiver on Greg Hardy. Like, the guy was an elite pass rusher. They needed one. The guy's a terrible human being, but he got a job. It's, you know, what are you worth to a team? What can you still provide? That's how much they'll put up with. I'm not trying to discount what he did, but I think there's some gray area in there that just hasn't come out yet. I, I do wonder the mental health of that girl. Obviously, striking her isn't obviously it's not something you should do if you're Greg Hardy or any male when it comes to a female, but I would be curious to know a little bit more what happened. There seems to be a lot of gray area in that incident. And I know I sound like a piece of shit for oh, saying no. that. I, I kind of get what you're saying. Cause um, you know, they've done studies on it where people who are victims of abuse often, you know, I shouldn't say search that out, but are more prone to it in their adult lives as well. So it wouldn't right. surprise me if, you know, maybe she did have, she wasn't, you know, uh, I'm trying to say this in like a nice way, but maybe like didn't have the greatest mental health or mental capacity up top because she was yeah. abused maybe prior in her life. And then you, you know, in a weird way, you kind of end up in that scenario as an adult with another person. I, I could see that as well. Right. You seek it out. And I, I do wonder if, I do wonder on some level if Greg Hardy himself felt threatened in any way by her because there's a lot of weird reports out there that she came at him with some kind of deadly weapon and she and and, and maybe those are self-defense things. Again, this sounds really terrible, but I just 
Well, at the there's end, just, too. If you read a lot of that, I think there's some self-defense going on at first, but then I think he got really angry, and I think that's when he snapped or whatever. I think something happened to him that, that made him snap. Now, and that's where I think that, that that comes into... I think that's where he becomes wrong, is where he sort of snaps and, and becomes offensive as opposed to defensive. I might be able to buy into that argument a little bit more if he didn't come out you know, in his interviews and just have... Like, give no concessions for what he did, no remorse, just an utter douchebag. Like, when he does that, like, I, you know, I I could care less about the guy at Rotten Hell. Right, that that that, that I agree with. Did himself with. no I think favors, this is, PR-wise. I, yeah, and I think my paralegal brain is coming into this because I read a lot of what it was. And, and I say that in the sense that I, I think that my paralegal brain is looking at both sides when I actually shouldn't be. But at the same time, like I said, I read a lot of the reports or whatever on that. And there was a lot of testimony that he was in some sort of physical danger at first. And then he retaliated. And that's the, that's the, that's the part where he is, where he screwed up is the fact that he retaliated. I guess it's hard to make sense of it because, you know, having, having done a lot of paralegal stuff, you are supposed to read both sides and you're supposed to take emotion out of it is, and that's what I did when I was reading a lot of that. The fact he put any mark on her is, is makes him a hundred percent wrong, I guess. And I, I hate that. I even feel like I have to keep coming back to that, but I think there is some, there is some, I guess there's some, I guess, there's some fault in, on her side, I guess. If, if there's, you know, if, if it's a hundred, a hundred percent scale, it's probably 1%, but not saying he should have hit her. But I think that, I, I think that it was instigated. I think the whole thing from what I read, just to say it bluntly, she instigated a lot of it. And I think, I think a lot of what you said about it, I think that's where, I think that's where, um, I think that's where the seeking out that type of relationship comes from. Yeah. And very weirdly, the first report I read that it was initiated by her cheating on him with Nelly, which is the weirdest part about the whole thing. And I don't even know if there's any <laughs> truth to that, but I remember Hot the shit. first thing I read about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of that. Uh, but yeah, but, but the Joe Mixon thing aside too. The thing that's disturbing about that is that he was he was antagonizing her friend who was gay, and then yeah. they and then he started getting like he kept following him, and then he was instigating that. That's where he's wrong. Is that she went? They went. That group of people went into that restaurant to get away from him, and he went in there. And then there's also some rumor that she dropped a, an N word on him, ninjaed him. So oh, gave her that's gave him the old neighbor, to, the howdy neighbor. Yeah, the old uh, "Hey Ninja," that 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 you can't do. <laughs> yeah, but but you also can't retaliate with knocking a knocking a chick out cold. <laughs> no, <laughs> that no, 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 no. That so word bad. aside, yeah, that that word aside, you can't. Eat, you have to show some restraint, Joe Mixon. Yeah, that looked that looked like to come. That looked like it came way too naturally well, to him. It's crazy um, to me too because, like, yeah, I've talked to you about my past. Like, I have I have terrible anger issues. And, you know, I, I keep it in check as best I can. I go to the gym a ton. I try to get out of my system. Right. Like, I'll, I, you know, I went out to the bar this past weekend with some buddies, you know, to Coleman's. And, it, you know, it's celebrating St. Paddy's Day. People are around. They're being obnoxious, drunk. Guys want to bro up and get in your face and, like, challenge you. And it's like, I have enough restraint to be like, I'm going to walk away. I don't care. Whatever, man. I could easily take you to the ground and knock you out. Whatever. I'm a big dude. Like, 
I have so little on the line. It's like, yeah, I have a life, I have a job, I have a, you know, I have my family. Like, yeah, I have something on the line. But compared to these guys, what they have on the line, like millions of dollars and like a career, like it's just mind-boggling to me that they can't keep it in check. Right. They have life-altering, family-changing millions money on the line, like an opportunity on the line that a lottery um, ticket, a winning lottery ticket. I actually read something yesterday where it was like number of high school athletes. I actually always thought that the two hardest sports to get into to play to do professionally were the PGA and the NBA. It actually turns out it's the NFL if you consider all the by percentages. Yeah. So it's like you take the number of high school football players there are. It's some absurd amount. It's some it's like one hundred and fifty three thousand, I guess. And then and then you know you dwindle that down to D one athletes. It's some it's some again really minute number like seven thousand. And then it's 1.1% of those are actually going to get go to the NFL. And it's an even smaller percentage that are actually going to be in the, in the NFL for more than four years. Yeah. That's absurd. It's tough, man. Well, if that, you think about it, they don't have a minor league too. So there's no right. way these guys can go and improve. Like they have their practice right. squad. And but... Joe Mixon is one of those guys who's going to go into the NFL that has the ability to go into the NFL and have a career that lasts longer than four years. Yeah. 3.2, I think is the average NFL career. And the NFL also is the hardest one to make money on. Everybody thinks you see a guy in the NFL, he's rich. They're not rich. Like, I would say, what, 85% of the NFL makes less money over the course of, you know, we'll say say six years than a dentist. It's crazy. That's insane. Like, a lot of those guys aren't paid as much as you think. Like, you see Peyton Manning's contract, or you see Drew Brees' contract, you see, you know, Von Miller's contract. Yeah, those are the exceptions, not the rule. Those are definitely exceptions. Like, you you also see, like, a, uh, you know, give me give me a guy on the Cowboys that's a, you know, uh, Cole Beasley, right? Yeah. Cole Beasley is never going to make $2 million a year or more. Like, or, or maybe he will, no, but he a will. lot of it's going to be incentive-based. Wait, he's a good slot guy, but I mean, how long is his career going to last? I guess how many of how much of that, how much of his salary is is incentive based? You know what I mean? For yeah. a guy that small, I don't know. But like, what I'm saying, I guess, is that that Joe Mixon is one of those guys. He's he's a he's a 1% of a 1% of a 1% of a 1%, and he walks into a restaurant and just pretty much tries to end it. Yeah. Well, it Can't do it's going to be interesting to see, too to see how far he falls because I thought he was a first round talent. Like, is he going to go third, fourth, even fifth round? And then imagine too a late round pick like that. the The franchise that drafts him that takes a gamble on him, they're going to have to have a huge press conference after about it, like explaining why and like what they're doing to help him become a better person. It wouldn't shock me if Andy Reid doesn't become that guy again, like he did for Tyree Kill and he will yeah. do for Joe Mixon. And he's uniquely qualified because I think a lot of people know this, but I don't know if a lot of people think about it, which All Andy Reid had a, yeah. two sons, one of which died of a drug overdose, and the other was had a, had a really bad heroin addiction and probably could have lost him as well. So Andy Reid also uniquely qualified. Tyree Kill, you know, everybody remembers that, but people don't remember Michael Vick. Yeah. You know, Michael Vick, when he came out of prison, was going to either Buffalo or he's going to Philadelphia, and he picked Philadelphia because of Andy Reid. Andy yeah. Reid is That's very a great much point. He's good at giving second chances. Yeah. Um, and Donovan McNabb, behind the scenes, had a lot of issues uh, as, as as it's coming out now. Now he's <laughs> not protected. Yeah, all uh, Syracuse knows about that, him and his, his drinking issues and getting behind the wheel. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I mean, there's just a lot of guys that he's done that with. So... Um, it'd be interesting to see if he goes to Kansas City or he goes to, um, you know, an organization that's going to protect him. Um, 
but I'm not a fan of the guy. I don't want no. him on the Giants at all. I mean, we had one domestic abuse guy, and uh, that's oh, boy. The Giants, the Giants did not handle that at all. I mean, at <laughs> yeah. all, um, with yeah, any they, kind of uh, up a intelligence. Still a little unforgivable, man, and that's my biggest issue with Ben McAdoo. It's not even the fact that he has a cheesecake factory menu as a play sheet and they run the same four <laughs> plays over and over. Like, I'd rather have that kid with the glasses running the annexation of Puerto Rico from Little Giants as a coach <laughs> than Ben McAdoo. But, uh, but I Jesus love that Christ, kid. bro. I love that kid. He's got the yeah, big computer and the printer on the sideline printing out these giant uh, these uh, readouts. Yeah, I'd rather have him than Ben McAdoo. But, oh, uh, but yeah... I don't know, man. Find that kid. Make him your new offensive coordinator, your head coach. That'd be great. It'd be a hell of an upgrade. So speaking of these issues, your boy, Zeke Elliott, man, uh, what's going on with that guy? We've talked about this in the past with Ray Rice, with Greg Hardy, with Tyreek Hill. Just because I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm not going to change my stance on this. Zeke needs to be suspended. I I suspend him for at least one game. You got to send a message. The NFL... We've talked about it, man. They need to take a hard stance on this crap, on this, I, you know, I I guess you can't really, it's not domestic violence, but, you know, I don't know what to call it. I guess in a way. Have a little more social awareness. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you have so much on the high line. Prof- yeah. You're a high profile guy. You're you did star. it in Dallas. You did it on a roof and you did it on television. You are in the MVP running. You can't be out in public doing stupid stuff like this. And for people who don't know, he basically was at a St. Paddy's Day parade. He's partying with a chick. And he just pulls down her top. Like they were up on a balcony or something. It almost looked like Mardi Gras. But he just They're pulls her roof. top. Yeah. yeah, he just pulls her top down and exposes her breast. Dude, you can't do it. Like, he needs to be suspended. Especially when you have, you know, this investigation going on about the, your sexual assault case. Like, just, dude, be more aware of, like, the situation. Like, just be smarter. Like, the NFL, send a message, suspend him for a game. I agree. Um, I think you do need to. I, I think they do need to. Te- you know who they need to take a page out of uh, David Stern. So what David Stern did in the '80s to clean up the he the NBA. A lot of people don't know that the NBA was going under uh, in the late '70s, early '80s. They had a massive, massive cocaine a cocaine um, issue in the in the mid '70s. So David Stern was the um, he wasn't the commissioner back then. It was Larry O'Brien. But David Stern was the NBA's you know lead counsel. He was the, essentially the attorney for the National Basketball Association back then. So so he he basically it, it instituted really really strict drug testing policies. He was kicking guys out of the league. He got really really tough on that, and he basically got rid of the NBA's cocaine issue. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say overnight, but it definitely didn't take that long. What Roger Goodell needs to do, and we'll talk about this. This is another topic for another episode. I actually am going to come to Roger Goodell's defense on something. It's the concussion issue. That's just a sidebar that I wanted to uh, put out there before I forgot. We need to either watch a documentary or read the book League of Denials. And we need to sort of uh, maybe on this show, we'll exonerate um or partially exonerate Roger Goodell's uh involvement in the CTE scandal um because just a little bit I know about it Roger Goodell's not that responsible not as responsible for it as uh Paul Tagliabue but anyway that aside Roger Goodell or whoever needs to establish some sort of um hardline you know this is this is an this is an absolute epidemic in the NFL and I, yep. and it sounds a little harsh to call it an epidemic but no sport is going through this as much as the NFL is. And 
it's not it's not an issue it's not as big of an issue in mixed martial arts as it is in the nfl so if you want to use the context use let's use the ufc as an example there's one major one that i can think of two if you count tito ortiz but one really major one by war machine what he did to his, oh, his girl yeah. That was he could have, he those was pictures are graphic as bad as you think the Greg Hardy ones of his girlfriend the one the one that War Machine did to um oh God I can't remember her name right now but I'm the, drawing a blank on her name yeah, too I'll look um, it up but just so just appalling and graphic he right. damn near killed her right and but the NFL has had this you know how many domestic violence issues that you can think of and we'll shoehorn Adrian Peterson in there too because technically domestic violence he would beat the shit out of his kid i mean domestic yeah. violence sort of covers you know violence oh christy mack was her name. And, thank Sorry. you I, god it was yeah. bugging me um but yeah so if you think it's a context board as an excuse quote-unquote excuse fuck you that's not even an excuse there is an epidemic in the nfl that and the shit just needs to be addressed it 100 percent needs to be addressed yeah. so i think Take suspending Zeke for some, something like that definitely 100 percent. so um, as much as I think it's a it's a speeding ticket in the domestic violence you know scope, you keep doing it. Your name's attached to these things. He's not really doing anything to help his credibility by yeah. doing that, you know. And, and it does also make me wonder. I have said on previous shows, like NFL, stop investigating him if there's nothing there. It does make me yeah. wonder now, as I'm thinking about it after seeing that, what are they? What does the NFL know that the public doesn't about Zeke Elliott? Where as they have not let that investigation up, what do they know that we don't? Yeah, you know? the Ray Rice one was quicker than this, I believe, or the um, the one with Greg Hardy. Like this is this is taking mm-hmm. forever. Like like it's either there's something there or there's not. What is taking so long? Right. This isn't right, a right, murder, right. Tr- murder trial. Like uh, it's mind boggling to me. It, it just makes me wonder what they're what they're investigating or what they know that we don't. Yeah, you know, and, and it, it, it's. You know, we hope it's nothing, you know, but who knows, man? I I, I just don't know. I can't even really begin to guess. Like, so I don't know, man. Um, What do you want to say on this before uh, before we uh, finish the show? Uh, Just the NFL. Just I mean, they've had a a long few years of just killing themselves PR wise when it comes to this stuff. Like we joke all the time, the NFL, you know, not for or no fun league. It's becoming not for ladies league. Like just. They need to fix their public perception. And like I said, just a hard stance. Suspend Zeke and just be like, we're done. We're not putting up with this anymore. And like you said, how the NBA fixed their cocaine problem. Like, send the message out there and fix it. Enough of this just, this backhanded talk, this hypocrisy and doing nothing about it. I'm sick of it. Right. The whole the whole thing in October with the breast cancer research. Oh, God, what and, a you know, joke. And, and then getting, getting women to watch the NFL and sort of, you know, you want to get women to watch the NFL? Stop allowing your players to beat the shit out of their wives. Yeah. Like, do that. Or beat the shit out of their kids. Yeah. Or, it's great that you design put- jerseys that contour to a woman's body and are pink. And, like, maybe 1% of every $5 goes toward breast cancer awareness. Like, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Like, really fix this stuff. Maybe donate to Vera House or something like that. Like, just be better, NFL. Yeah. Now I agree 100%. So um, we're up against the hour mark here. Do you want to talk about the NFL painkiller thing, or do you want to do it next episode? No, we can talk about it quick. Okay. All right. So the NFL is uh, Washington Post put out an article about the NFL and uh, how they're being investigated on how they how they uh, track, administer, and store their painkillers. Um, now, there's a couple things in the Washington Post article here. So 71, 71% of NFL players are misusing opioids, and 7% of retired NFL players are still using opioids. 
I think that seven percent number seems really low. Yeah. Um, that's the seven percent that's willing to admit to it. Um, and Jason Taylor is in the article. Uh, he he took so many painkillers just basically to cope while he was in the NFL. There is a quote in here about him putting a towel in his mouth because of the shots in the bottom of his feet oh, that he had God, to get. That's gotta hurt. Um, that's gotta hurt. And I guess he got so many shots in the bottom of his feet um, of this painkiller that there was, he almost had to get his leg amputated. Yeah. Could you imagine a guy like Jason Taylor having to get his leg amputated? Could you imagine the, the shitstorm, backlash, whatever you want to say, that the NFL would receive if he had to get his effing leg amputated oh, yeah. because well, of the painkilling shots? We hear a lot of these stories about guys from like the 70s and 80s, but like you said with Jason Taylor, that's someone recent. Like That would really hit home. Like that's a guy. Yeah, yeah, that's still a guy. You know, relatively young as well. Like that, that really hit home with fans. Just show how bad it is. Right, and I still have no internet, but right now, um, and when you get a second, look yeah. it up for us. But I'm um, looking at the article. If that's what you're talking about. What's the well? Not, well, what's the what's that Superman shot that they give players that uh, Brian Urlacher took that said was affecting his kidneys? Um, see if you can find that. There was Brian Urlacher came out and said that he kept taking it, knowing the risks. And that's the other issue with this: is the players they're doing this stuff and they know the risks, and they're still saying, "Give me the shot, give me the shot, give me the shot." Like, I think that that might be an issue too. I think somebody needs to step in, similar to the concussion thing, and just say, "No, like you've had enough. You've had you've had enough painkillers." No, for the rest of the day or whatever. However, that works. I mean, there there just has to be something like that yeah. in place. I'm looking and forward I mean, to keeps pulling up stuff about Superman, like <laughs> the movie. Oh, sorry, buddy. Yeah, no, I forget right. what it's actually called, but just Brian Urlacher. Maybe try Brian Urlacher drug or something like yeah. that. I apologize for that I can't get on the internet, and it That's actually right. didn't occur to me until once the show started to actually bring that up too. But yeah, man, it's okay. I found something. He did an article okay. at Chicago Tribune. Um, let me read through and you filibuster a bit. Okay, um, so there is that. There was, um, there's, yeah, there, there's the misuse of painkillers, but then there's also the, the 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 dichotomy of the strict the strict policy on marijuana use. It seems silly, especially when you know players for the Denver Broncos or the Oakland Raiders, San Francisco 49ers all live in states where it's legal actually to uh, to purchase and use medical marijuana, and in in Colorado. It's it's actually it's actually something you're allowed to use legally recreationally. Yeah, but I, as, I found some you know, stuff on it. Oh, this is interesting. Um, Toradol, it's called. Thank you. It's legal, non-addictive, and administered by team doctors in the NFL. It's developed as a post-surgical drug. It is not a narcotic, and it's used to reduce infl- inflammation and pain. It does not mask pain. And Erlocker talked about how um he wouldn't admit to the uh, doctors on the sideline that he had a concussion. He would just tell him that his knee was hurting or his toe was hurting so he could take a few plays off and get right back in. But mm-hmm. uh, some of the side effects, um, it's pretty scary. Uh, kidney failure, gastrointestinal bleeding, like, that's scary stuff, man, just to get back in the field for, you know, a game or two. Right, and um, there was uh, – you remember the game that LaShawn McCoy had where against Detroit where with all that snow and he ran for, like, 200 yards? Oh, yeah. Yeah, fun game to watch. Yeah. Yeah, LaShawn McCoy was hurt before that game, and uh, that's the first time I heard about that Superman shot or whatever. There was, I forget where I even heard it, but he apparently took it before that game, and that's when he sort of went off. 
and I gotta, like I said, all this is sort of coming to me mid-show. I apologize for my uh, my lack of show prep there, but yeah, that's the stuff toward all, and that's the stuff that um, that they're giving the players. It's and I stuff, think we're man. gonna see some legitimate side effects over the next fifteen years of these yeah. guys. Uh, so another um, player, former NFL center Jeremy Newberry, said he would sometimes see twenty or thirty players lined up before a game to get a shot of the drug. Another NFL source, of course, said that figure was exaggerated. But uh, Newberry said Toradol makes you feel like Superman for three hours. But the 35-year-old yep. now is suffering from stage three kidney failure that doctors can attribute to Toradol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and he yeah. said it's like playing Russian roulette with your life. Or that's what uh, Pierce Scran, a former Seahawks team doctor, said. It's scary stuff, man. Yeah, and the fact that it's not legal, or facts that it's legal... Yeah. Not considered a narcotic, but marijuana is illegal for oh, the God. most part, and considered a narcotic. But that's it. But this is this is another. This is the thing that we're going to beat this horse until it's it, until it's gone because this it, it's so confusing. It's such hypocrisy. It's so yep. it's so frustrating. The now Roger Goodell was on Colin Cowherd's show a couple months ago, and he said they've already started to lighten up a little bit on the on the uh, marijuana-related suspensions. But Martavis Bryant just missed an entire season. Josh Gordon just missed another season. Yeah. and It's mind-boggling, man. It's it's all due to money. There's so much money involved in the prescription drug companies that they don't want marijuana to be legal. They don't want a cheaper alternative to it. Like, it, it's, it's so corrupt. It's mind-boggling to me. And I just read that Trump and uh, Sean Spicer said that Trump is going to start hammering the, the medical marijuana field. Like, and and this was a guy that's not supposed to be bought and sold by major corporations, except for Upjohn and um, and Pfizer are all uh, are all now are all of a sudden now um, you know getting pissy about the medical marijuana stuff, and the DEA is quote unquote cracking down on it. How about you crack down on the shit that actually can affect you later on in life? And not medical marijuana. Like I have no intention on doing it, but at the same time, you know, there's just so many benefits that it just cannot be ignored. Yeah, it it's not a wonder drug by any sense, and it has its own side effects, and there are issues with it. But that being said, they're nowhere near as as amplified as that of prescription painkillers, opioids. I mean, just just the shit it can do to your liver. It's it's worse for you. It's worse for your liver than alcohol. Like it's it's just terrible for you. Artie Lang in his book, um, I think it was Too Fat to Fish, said he got addicted to heroin because he was doing prescription pain pills, yep. and a, and a club promoter told him, "Hey, how about you just sniff heroin instead? It's better for your liver." Sagely <laughs> advice to a drug yeah. addict, but at the same time, you know, it's scary that's, yet that's true in a weird way. Very very yes. <laughs> Um, now let's wean you already... off these legal prescription drugs and have you do heroin. It's a better option. Right. When that's your better right. option, like the system has failed. Speaking of which, Artie Lang did get arrested the other day for uh, drug possession. <sighs> yeah, I uh, saw that on his Twitter. That's really sad, it's man. A guy that's a uber so talented fa- guy with just so many demons, man, and just can't get himself right. More demons than anybody that that we know of. I mean, I appreciate the fact he's so public about it because he is a walking example of what you know any nobody should be let alone uh, yeah. uh comedians and a guy that has probably cost himself upwards of uh tens of millions of dollars oh, yeah I mean, cost him a job on the howard stern show that's millions right there yeah uh and easy millions too because yeah. that job you know that's a cushy gig if oh, you can yeah. get it absolutely um yeah man so but that being said this nfl painkiller stuff it'd be interesting to see if that becomes the new uh the new concussion uh issue with the nfl but you know what kills me the NFL is going to weather this storm. 
Yep. And and as much as I love the NFL and as much as we talk about it, man, it, it's there's a lot of things that have soured me on the NFL. Because I remember after the Josh Brown incident with the Giants, like I really questioned my love of the NFL. I really did. Yeah. And it is just a game and. You know, it's something that, you know, I have a history with, with my dad and my cousin and just growing up, it was, it was like something safe that I used to watch. And, and, you know, even when I was in Iraq and Super Bowl 42 happened and I just remember the joy that I felt, but all this stuff, man, I've really, really soured on the NFL a lot and it sucks and it, 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 because it's such a great sport. And I, and I said, I've spent my entire life loving it, but, but man, reading a lot of this stuff, the painkiller stuff, the CTE stuff, you know, the domestic violence, you know, it's all, it's it's all wearing on me as a fan of the sport and it sucks because it's such a beautiful sport and and there's you know for every greg hardy there's there's an anquan bolden there's an eli manning and there's a steve smith and yep. it just sucks dude it just really sucks there's a I was just shoehorn larry fitzgerald in there too because these are all man of the year nominees and 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 winners and it just it just really sucks dude it really sucks that the actions of a few outweigh the uh the 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 greatness of many you know on and off the field like uh you know i was reading the transcript on um sean mcdermott and he's talking about how great of a guy mike tolbert is off the field and that's why he wanted him on the team is that tolbert is mike tolbert is just one of these guys that just he's a magnetic personality who does great stuff outside of the field or off the field and it just it just sucks that we we know more about greg hardy as a carolina panther than we do mike tolbert it sucks yeah that's... And it soured me on the NFL a little bit. And I, I just don't see it getting better unless, you know, they can fix all these issues. And I think that it's not with it's not it's not out of their capability to do. Yeah, I just I think I mean, you and I both listen to the Joe Rogan podcast quite a bit. And he's a great champion of, you know, the great benefits, health benefits that, you know, um, marijuana can do and the uh, the oils from it. You know, I'm straight edge, so I'm not too familiar with the stuff. I should do more research on it. But. You know, of course, after you listen to our podcast, check out Rogan sometime. He talks about it all the time, just the great health benefits it can have. And it's just, it's mind-boggling that, you know, there's such a stigma against it that's illegal. Yeah, that, and um, if you want to listen to Rogan's podcast, listen to Arian Foster's podcast. Yes, uh, yes, that was uh, Or listen one. to J- Rogan's podcast with Arian Foster, if I, sh- I should say. Um, really interesting. Arian Foster has a lot of interesting takes on um, on playing football. I mean, he straight up said he's, went, he's not going to let his sons play. Yeah. And and they're they're probably kids that are you know more gifted than your uh, my kids or your kids are going to be athletically and uh, it, it just it, you know it sucks yeah it sucks for an elite running back way. to come out and say that I do not want my children playing football like that's very telling very telling yeah I, and I think if uh, you know if I had a son I, I I don't know what I would tell him I honestly don't know what I would tell him yeah. if he wanted to play football I would say do it for a year if you like it then didn't do it but i I definitely wouldn't encourage him to play football as much as i loved it yeah i think you and i would be in the same boat on this we would be very hands-on i think we'd both be at practices and watching their form how are you tackling are you leading with the crown of your helmet like i'd be i would you know if i ever have a kid hopefully one day we'll see but i'd be very on top of that man i'd be at every practice i'd be teaching a proper form like you know i'd be reading up on everything like signs of concussions like i'd be very nervous about it yeah, no, I would be too. Um, you know, but you know, that being said, it's it just sucks, man. It just really sucks. So, all right, let's end on the positive note. Tony, oh, is going real to quick, man, a... I got oh, go breaking ahead, sorry, news buddy. for you. Late breaking news. I got to thank my my pops as well because he kind of stormed in the office here, and you know, initially I was pretty pissed off, you know, that we're getting interrupted. But um, 
Washington University is to hire Syracuse assistant Mike Hopkins. Those don't know about Syracuse basketball. Mike Hopkins is the coach in waiting when Bayheim was supposedly supposed to retire after next season. And now, apparently, he decided he doesn't want to wait any longer. He's he's off to Washington on what's reportedly a six-year deal. I mean, this Ooh. this is huge. This is big for Washington. This is even bigger for Syracuse. What do they do after Bayheim now? McNamara, buddy. Uh, most likely. I, I mean, I'm not totally against it, but it's just, it's crazy because Hopkins has had interviews for like the last decade plus with other teams, and now he finally, it makes me wonder, did Bayheim, you know, maybe go back a little bit on what he was saying, how he planned on retiring after next year? Maybe he wants to keep coaching. So, I you know, I can't blame Hop. He Basically, was like, yeah, I can't wait any longer. I got to worry about my own career. I'm gone. Washington has, uh, I think they have the number one uh, recruit in the, in the country um, committed for there for next year, correct? Uh, perhaps. I had to look that up. I mean, who knows what, what's going to happen now that they fired. Um, uh, oh, shit. What was their coach's name? I'm drawing a blank on his name. Oh, yeah. Hang on one second. Um, oh, God. Lorenzo something. I'm yeah. drawing a freaking blank now. Uh, Lorenzo uh, Romar. Old. He was there for 15 seasons. Yeah, and he has two NBA players on his team now, and they didn't make the freaking tournament. Like, he's probably not a good, uh, probably not a good coach. Yeah. Sounds like a great recruiter, terrible coach. Like Ty Willingham, who also ironically went to Washington and led him to a 0-12 season. Um, but yeah, that's that's good news, man. That's good news. Uh, uh, Hopkins been there for a long time, and. Um, Makes me wonder if, uh, if uh, yeah, like you said, if he's going to stay there and uh, if GMAC is now the uh, the heir apparent. Yeah, I mean, unless they go outside the program, it's hard to tell. It's just, it's so weird to think about Beheim, who's been there for 42 years, anybody other than him coaching and, like, what it would be like. Like, you know, if it's GMAC, I'm sure it's a little bit of status quo. You stick with a 2-3 zone because that's what he's used to. That's what he's learned under. Or if you go outside the program and maybe change things up, but... I mean that's that's huge news during March Madness. Like that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Anything else before we go? Uh, I have a what to watch for. Just a quick, easy one. I sent it to you and the other guys. Um, the World Baseball Classic. That catch Adam Jones had. That the, the perfect timing where he robbed a home run from his teammate Manny Machado in the game against the Dominican Republic. Just. A thing of beauty. It's March, and we already had the catch of the year. I cannot right. see anything topping that catch. That was amazing. Right. Um, Machado even Manny took Machado. off his helmet and just yeah, he, he, he did a hat tip yeah, to him. Yeah, nothing I, I can that do. Too. Like amazing that was great. catch. Yeah, that was. Um, and they play. Um, they play Japan, I believe, Tuesday night in the semifinals, and then uh, I forget what the other game is. There's another game Monday night, and then the uh, finals of the World Baseball Classic is on Wednesday. But I just I wish Major League Baseball would take a page. I hope they're watching this closely, the World Baseball Classic. It has been so energetic and so much fun to watch. This is exactly what Major League Baseball needs to get back those, you know, disenfranchised younger fans. Like the game should be fun. It should be entertaining, fast paced, and fun. Yep, I agree hundred percent. So hopefully uh Rob Manfred watches this and is like, Oh, okay, that's what they're doing right. Um, or that's what we could be doing. Yeah, I'm all for so, bat flips. I'm all for pumping the fist. Like, make the game fun. Make it fun to yeah, watch. Don't make it a absolutely. drag. And, um, you know, Bryce Har- Harper making $4 million a year um, uh, outside of baseball on endorsements, and that being your highest 
paid endorsed or highest uh, endorsed player, that's an issue. Yes. Start uh, start promoting your stars baseball. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to give you my what to watch for, and it's going to be Bill Burr's last uh, stand-up special. I just watched it last uh, no Friday. Excuse me, Friday night. Amazing. And that gorilla sign language thing <laughs> is the funniest thing I've seen in a while, dude. That was, was so such a good funny. Bit. Oh, it was so funny. Um, it was so out of yeah. Burr's wheelhouse, too, because he's not the type to do, like... The physical stuff, yeah. yeah. physical or, like, kind of, oh like, an impersonation God. in a way, but oh it was my so God, genius. Dude. So good. When he was... When, he, when uh, the trainer asked the gorilla if he wanted to get out of there, oh, uh, <laughs> my God, the sign he used for the F word was hilarious. Oh, I was dying. Um, all right, buddy. That's it. And don't forget, you can find us on social media. Twitter, we are at Under the Hoodies, at TonyCuse44, at Bill K. Eagle. You can also find us on Facebook, Under the Hoodies Podcast. Like it, retweet it, share it, hit us up. We want your feedback, positive or negative. And as always, we appreciate you listening, and be sure to tell a friend. All right, I got a, I got an inspirational quote for you that I wanted to leave oh. the, the 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 listeners with as well. Good, this will power me through so, my workout in a little bit. I, I'm yep. ready. Sometimes when you win, you actually lose, and sometimes when you lose, you actually win, and sometimes when you tie, you win or lose. All right, good stuff. That's from uh, that was from White Man Can't Jump. Oh, All right, buddy, I'll talk to you. All right, have a good one, dude.